Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, the mental breakdown. I'm Koal. And I'm Kenna. Mint break. Mint break. Mint break. going yeah just kind of a little overwhelmed with everything (laughs) trust like earlier when i came home and i had like that atv bag and that walmart bag not that we're sponsored but (laughs) ran inside and then you guys were like hey how's it going or you're like hey how's it going and mom was like hey kiddo how's it going and talking to my son and then right at that moment cliff called and i was like oh my god there's so much chaos (laughs) there's so much going on No, I have, like, a big paper coming up Mm -hmm. for school, and so I'm worried, not worried about that, but thinking about that, that's, like, a big project that I want to do really well on, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what's on my mind. You know, you and I are both kicking ass, though, because yesterday I didn't leave my computer for, like, five straight hours, because I was just equation after equation after equation after (laughs) equation, just trying to powerhouse through a lot of stuff, and I think that, yeah... It's just, we like to be busy. That's just us, though. can't sit still, ever. sit still. What do you got for us? Do you want to give us the handles? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So if you are new here, welcome to The Mental Breakdown. On Mondays, we do an episode that we call The Mental Breakdown, obviously, and we talk about something that we just think is interesting, maybe psychology, maybe an event, something like that. Thursday is our true crime case. So if you're listening here, you probably like The Mental Breakdown, so thanks for coming back. But if it is your first time, you can follow us anywhere on social media at Diagnosing a Killer. You can reach out to us via email at diagnosingakiller at gmail.com. And then actually X is at Killer Diagnosis instead of at Diagnosing a Killer. Mm -hmm. Donate to the Patreon if you feel so inclined. We have a couple of bonus episodes already out, but the Tier 2 and 3 Patreons do get an additional bonus episode every 29th of every month. I don't think there is a... Oh, wait. Why did I just think it was February right now? Whoa. Whoa. I don't think there is a 29th this month. I haven't decided on my case this month is what I I think I was going to say. But... We will let you guys know. We usually do, like, a week in advance what yeah. we're going to do for that. We do a little teaser trailer yeah. or photograph on Instagram or our social medias before. Yeah, for sure. So, again, that is just Tier 2 and 3 Patreon members, and that's a content warning-free, really gory episode. So, yeah. go ahead and get over to Patreon if you are interested in that. Ad-free, too. Ad-free, yes. Oh, all the Patreon episodes are ad-free. That's true. <laughs> Duh. Duh. All right. Are you ready to talk about our topic? Sure. We're going to... We're going to... It's going to be kind of like a, I don't want to say an easy topic, but I think it's something that might be helpful to someone that might be going through it or experiencing maybe a loved one that might be going through it. Content warning. This episode contains discussions on mental health struggles, including substance use and self-harm. If this episode is not for you, we encourage you to check out another one of our episodes. Remember that your mental health comes first and we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. So most of what I want to talk about today is through the seizetheawkward.org website. Okay. And just on their very first front page, it is all about starting a conversation about mental health and how it doesn't need to be uncomfortable. It can make all the difference just by starting a conversation with a friend. For sure. So, Which is what we do here. <laughs> absolutely. So again, all we're going to be talking about is pretty much everything you're going to find on the seizetheawkward.org website. So what are some signs that a loved one might be experiencing a mental health struggle? They might be exhibiting, like, impulsive behaviors or being more irritable than usual, not functioning like their usual selves, like a change in habits of how they dress, general appearance, eating or sleeping habits, 
talking about feelings of loneliness or negative feelings, Mm -hmm. excessive worry or anxiety, trouble concentrating or seem withdrawn or in their heads, substance use. And these signs might display themselves like they don't want to hang out as much, their mind seems to be elsewhere, anxious, they can't relax, they've gotten really negative about life, they're not acting like themselves or are more irritable, like we said earlier. They're taking more risks than usual, mm. maybe something that might be danger- dangerous, like yeah, um, driving quickly or something. They are taking more drugs or drinking more than usual, and they are self-harming or self-harming. Yeah, and a lot of those things that you mentioned are not going to be immediately noticeable right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just going to... It's going to be very rare for someone to come up and say, hey, look, I've been self-harming, you right. know, unless they really trust you and they, they're ready to have that conversation. Yeah. But there are other signs for things like that like Mm -hmm. especially with like drug use and stuff like there's symptoms that come along with that self-harm there's obviously visible symptoms that can sometimes come along with that right so just being on the alert if you if you notice that someone's acting a certain way or maybe they're not acting themselves that might be another thing to just have in the back of your mind right to see if maybe that's also going on yeah and i like you said to your point almost like something like anxiety you wouldn't really be able to see but only maybe in body language you Mm -hmm. know so someone bouncing their leg a lot or... <laughs> that's someone, me currently. That's me. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> so even online, you can spot these signs as maybe posting captions, hashtags, or emojis that are overtly sad or negative or go beyond a sarcastic joke. Mm-hmm. Liking posts or following accounts that promote negative behaviors, even if they aren't sharing it on their feeds. Writing posts or comments that show impulsive behavior, irritability, hostility, or indicate insomnia. And whether it's on social media, in group chats, or during a hangout, if you suspect your friend is struggling, trust your gut. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely, you know, I have some friends that I know immediately if something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Or even, like, with Casey, like, even if he tries to lie through his teeth and say, I'm fine, I'm like, no, you're not. I can literally see it on your face. See it on your face. Like, I know you're not fine. (laughs) So when you do have that relationship with someone, it is, I feel like, easier to tell when something's off. Right. So definitely don't take those things being off lightly, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, reading verbatim from SeizeTheAwkward.org, beginning the conversation doesn't mean that you have to dive straight into talking about mental health struggles or have an intense heart-to-heart. Consider instead meeting your friend where they are or extending an invitation to hang out. You can even talk about your struggles that you're going through in order to give your friend an avenue to open up. Whether it's over a bite to eat or taking a simple walk, a what's up uh, is a great place to begin. So, yeah. Yeah, no, for real. I think that a lot of the times when I recognize that... I have I have a really good intuition when it comes to, like, understanding people's emotions and how mm-hmm. they react to things. So certain friends of mine, I can say, dude, seriously, like, what the fuck? Yeah. You need to talk to me. Yeah. But other friends, I have to be more gentle and mm-hmm. say hey, it looks like you might need some space. Like, let me know if you need me. I'm here right. if you need me, but I'm not going to bug you because it's just going to make them more frustrated. Yeah. So really, again, it just depends on the person. Mm-hmm. But even just a simple text, even when you don't think anything's wrong, maybe just a simple text every now and then to just say, hey, just wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you or, hey, I appreciate your friendship or whatever, because that goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. So some ideas that org suggests to start a conversation would be asking a friend to play a pickup game of your favorite sport Casually ask while playing an online game together if they're okay, invite them to grab food after class, or even just texting what's up in a DM Yeah, a text. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And like I said, you know, I don't wait until I see negative signs of something mm-hmm. to remind people that I care about them and I'm thinking about them. You know, right. you and I do that all the time. I text you. I'm like, hey, just by the way, I love you. Love <laughs> you. Know, you. Like, love love you, you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, even going on a walk or taking a drive around the neighborhood together can be beneficial. Just yeah. getting some, just get out in the open road. Fuck no, I waste <laughs> my gas on you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pay me $5 in gas, I'll listen to your show. Yeah, you got okay. that gas money though? <laughs> <laughs> but some helpful tips that the website also suggests is that you keep it really casual. This is not a therapy session. Yeah. You are not being paid to be someone's therapist. <laughs> listen and let them take the lead. Let them guide the conversation. Avoid offering advice or trying to fix them. Again, that's not your job. Let them know that it is okay to feel the way that they're feeling. Make yourself available even when not talking. So much like you said, you know, just um, doesn't really have to be a full-on conversation, but just maybe a reminder that you're there. Yeah, or even like those nonverbal cues. Like if someone's like expressing something and they're in like a deep thought or whatever, instead of interrupting, you can just like lean in a little bit and Mm -hmm. tell them, okay, look, I'm here, I'm still listening, or nod your head or whatever, you know? If the person is comfortable and you know that they're okay with touch, maybe touch their shoulders or something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that you let them open up to their own speed. Don't demand answers. <laughs> Tell me now. Tell me what's going on here. <laughs> Breakfast. Encourage them to talk to a professional mm-hmm. and let them know that you're not judging them. And let them know that what they say won't change how you feel about them. Yeah, that's a big one, too. It's like, you can tell me... You can tell me. Like, I'm not going to freak out. Like, I'm not going to judge you. You know, you can tell me. I think that one of the coolest things that I've heard recently on TikTok, it's like the way this family has their language. It's um, if someone sits down and they want to vent before the conversation even starts, the person on the receiving end of that venting asks, do you want advice or do you want solutions Mm -hmm. or do you want just to talk you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. do you want advice or solutions or yeah. do you just want to talk and like mm-hmm. i think there's another way that they phrased it i don't know what they said exactly but yeah i was like that's a good way because i always immediately go into like offering solutions and mm-hmm. advice but sometimes people don't want yeah. that you know <laughs> like i'm trying to help you yeah for sure i think that i definitely have been in scenarios in the past like in relationships where i've come home from a long day at work and i just start you know bitching about whatever and you know and uh, the traffic was awful and, da, 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 and you know they're my partner is trying to give me advice or, well, why don't you just da 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 And I'm like, look, look, look no, 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 no. Like, I am just venting. You yeah. know, and I have to, I have to say it out loud because some people don't know what you want. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, and so I think maybe that's another half of the conversation is like, maybe establish that first, right? Yeah, for sure. And also, like, on the other end of this whole thing, like, being conscientious on your end of things, when you want to vent to someone, I would, I, I ask, you mm-hmm. know, do you have space? Do you, do you have, have room for me to vent to yeah. you right now? Mm-hmm. Or do you have your own shit going on and you can't handle any more stress in your right. life, you know? <laughs> and if it's not something emergent, obviously if it's something emergent, you don't need to ask for permission to express that to someone. Yeah. Like if it's that if it's very serious. But if I know I'm just complaining about this something little thing that happened, but it's really bugging me. Yeah. And I want to vent to my friend and I'm like, hey, do you have a minute? Like can I can I vent to you for a second? That's what that's my that's me and Dana's like verbiage can yeah. I vent to you for a second <laughs> like yeah sure whatever <laughs> I know leading up to the festival you were just like talking about it like every day but just like a bunch of what ifs right yeah what if what if what if what if what if what if and you're like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah I know <laughs> that's like, it's okay you're but, like I don't want to put this on you I don't want to put this on you yeah. you're like I know I know but like I'm keeping my cool now that eventually I lost it you did lose it <laughs> a little <laughs> bit that's another story it's a total other story but no we uh we talked through it everyone <laughs> everyone deals with things differently and we've realized that this past couple yeah. weeks that I I very much handle my anxiety and my stress out loud out loud like uh-huh. I have to tell someone yeah. or else it'll it'll eat me alive yeah <laughs> like I need to get this out even if I don't get advice or mm-hmm. even like a response like an agreement I just want it to be out in the yeah. open you know and I definitely definitely have practiced being patient with myself and allowing myself internal space 
to figure out what I want to say before I say it. Yeah. So, you know, in your case, with you venting or, you know, expressing out loud and trying to get all that anxiety out, I'm like, okay, this is like something else I'm taking and putting in my own bucket <laughs> so that I can process so I know what to say later. Yeah. But then I'm, after a while, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's still I'm over. just taking it all. I'm just <laughs> taking it all in. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, uh-oh, geez. uh-oh, my bucket's full now. So I guess the main <laughs> point is have the hard conversations before they become much harder. To That's have. true. Yeah. And I'm, no. I'm really grateful for our relationship because I feel like we, we do know how we participate in conversations or mm-hmm. want to. And I think that most of the time we're really good at being able to be like, okay, like I need to say something now, or I need to, you know, have this conversation with you now because you're ready to have the conversation, even if I'm not. And I have to just have to kind of like take that leap of faith that you're going to be okay with it mm-hmm. and vice versa. You know, like sometimes you'll come in and you'll, you'll ask me a sentence or something and then I can see you go, that's all I'm going to give her right now because, yeah. <laughs> you know, because if I talk, if I continue to talk, I'm just going to s- never stop, you know, yeah. and I can see you shut down. <laughs> like, so <laughs> it's a balance. Oh. <laughs> Anyways. So it's totally understandable if your friend asks you to keep this a secret. Mm-hmm. But when dealing with mental health struggles, it isn't always a good idea. So again, this is from seizetheawkward.org. Mm-hmm. To avoid breaking a promise, it's easier not to make one in the first place. If your friend asks you to promise not to tell anyone, you can say something along the lines of, quote, I understand why you want me to promise not to tell anyone, and I can do that unless there is something that makes me really worried about you. I'm always here for you and you and can go with you to get help if that's helpful to you, end quote. Yeah, honestly, that's something that I really have to practice as well, because like we always say, like you and I are not licensed therapists. We're not asking anybody to play the role of therapist in this. Mm-hmm. However, it does kind of go along with that patient therapist confidentiality yeah that confidentiality however can be breached Mm -hmm. if the patient is in danger of harming themselves or someone else right so going into that they say you promise you can't say anything i would probably say like i'm not going to promise you that right now because i want to make sure that you're okay right exactly and if i don't feel like you're okay i'm not going to promise you that and then break my promise yeah i'd rather make sure you're good you know i i actually watched a tiktok with cliff the other day where uh, he said promise not to be mad she goes i can't promise not to be mad but I can, I can let you know that I will regulate my emotions to the best of my ability. There you go. And it's like something like that, right? It's like, I can't promise you I won't say anything if it becomes a concern of mine. Yeah. What I can promise to do is be open-minded. And hear you out. And yeah. hear you. Yeah, absolutely. So this allows you to preserve the trust that you have established with your friend while leaving the door open for you to seek help from a trusted adult or professional in the event that your friend later tells you that they feel like harming themselves or it gets worse. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would hate for me to say, oh, I promise I'm not going to say anything. And then my friend's like, hey, I'm thinking about self-harming. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, like. And then you carry that. Now you're carrying it. It's your responsibility now. To not tell anyone because they're going to get mad or whatever. And it's, it's just a hard situation all around. But it's an important conversation to have. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Your friend might be scared to ask for help or open up. If you sense hesitation, you can start a conversation by talking about your own struggles, letting them know that you are there for them no matter what, and that you are always there to support them. A conversation doesn't always have to be how you extend a helping hand. You can reach out by inviting them to hang out, to come to an event, or an activity. If you have a sense that they are needing more or might be comfortable talking to someone else, you can offer to help make that connection for them. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't feel comfortable talking to you, but I would want to talk to someone, you know, offer resources or advice. Or Or vice versa. You can tell your friend, you know, 
okay, I think this conversation is making me a little, little uncomfortable. I think you, maybe you should go seek some help. You yeah. know, can I help you find the help that you need? Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I feel like I've been in cases like that where I'm like, I, out of protection, and I won't say this out loud, of course, but in my own self-preservation and keeping in mind that I, I fear that if my friend does tell me something that it might change my perception, my perception. And then I'll just uh, suggest that there, that I might not be the right person to go to is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like if I'm ill-equipped to deal with it, then I'd rather than talk to a professional is what yeah, I mean by that. You know, for sure. Like, listen, I'm here for you but I'm not licensed. <laughs> I'm not licensed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I haven't been trained for this. Yeah. Exactly. And I, yeah. And then I get in my head where I'm like, I fear I'm going to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. and then, or give the wrong advice, give or... the wrong advice. Exactly. And, and it's, but again, I, I can be a lended ear to a certain point, but when I'm your only source of an outlet, that's when it becomes tricky for me. Oh, for sure. No, I completely understand. And that's not how it should be. Like if someone is in actual need for mental health treatment, they need to seek a professional and I'll be all like, absolutely. That's it. However, normal things that a lot of us experience, such as anxiety, depression, things Mm -hmm. like that, as long as it's not extreme, Mm -hmm. I think talking with a friend is, is good in that moment, at least as a kind of way to get more help if needed. Yeah. So if you learn that your friend is being abused, a victim of trauma or having suicidal thoughts, they might mean need more help than you can provide. The best thing you can do as a friend is to assist with getting help, um, additionally, even if it's hard for them to accept. And they also have a resource tab as well on seizetheawkward.org where you can okay. find all of that extra get help page that they have. Mm-hmm. Being a confidant is part of a friendship. However, sometimes being a good friend requires you to break that trust to get your friend long-term help. Even if your friend becomes angry with you for telling someone, their safety is more important. Absolutely. Consider that your friend may be angry for being outed, but they will likely appreciate you that you cared enough about them to get the help that they actually need. Absolutely. It's exactly what I would, I mean, I've, ha- I've been in situations before where I've had to make a judgment call, and in the moment, my friend was mad, but it, uh, the next day, they were thanking me, and I Absolutely. was like, I was just trying to, I was just trying to help you. Absolutely. That's happened to me as well. I had an, uh, an emergency phone call from someone. I rushed to the location. But as I did, I, I called 911 because they were threatening themselves. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, they were very upset at me. But I'm, it's an emergency. Yeah, it is that, at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they did end up getting some help. And uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that they're still in, still in a good place. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about them for sure. So that being said, it's important to know that sometimes friendships can suffer or even end when a friend seeks professional help for a struggling friend. Just know that you are doing the right thing and can take comfort that you played a role for them in starting their road to recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Often just being there is enough for your friend, like you were saying earlier. Listening to your friend, following up and checking in regularly can all be really great ways to support. And being supportive doesn't have to be happening all at once either. It can and usually is the little movements strung together that truly make an impact. Mm-hmm. Even if the gesture is small like a text saying that you're thinking about them or how much you appreciate them, it still matters. The smallest of gestures can add up over time as signal that you do care about your friend. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions posed on the facts page of SeizeTheAwkward.org is, how involved should I get and what if I should start feeling overwhelmed? 
Helping a friend who's going through something difficult, especially when it involves something serious or intense feelings, can be exhausting. It is important to know your own limits. If you fall apart, you won't be able to help your friend at all. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself. Indulging in self-care doesn't mean that you're a bad friend. If you feel like you need to take a step back, communicate that to your friend. Put yourself first and make sure that you're okay in order to continue to help and support your friend. Mm -hmm. Keep your day-to-day consistent. Don't let your friend's mental health dramatically impact or change your routine or the way that you interact with your friend. If you should start acting differently around them, this could discourage them from seeking help and will likely wear on you in ways that negatively affect your friendship, which I found very interesting. Yeah. Because again, it's, you know, I've definitely been in situations where I say I have to self-preserve. I cannot be around this. I have to step back. But I thought that was really interesting that if you change your routine, they're going to feel potentially even more burdened. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, you're having to rearrange your life for me? Like, I should just shut up so it doesn't affect you. And that's not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. Be honest about being in over your head with your friend and recognize when you went too far and set a boundary for yourself. Being a supportive friend can have many definitions, but there are some things to avoid. Again, this is sees the awkward.org. Don't take their behavior or comments personally. Don't give ultimatums. For example, don't say, quote, if you don't stop hurting yourself, I won't be friends with you anymore, end quote. Don't tease or share private information in group settings or group chats. Respect your friend's feelings and privacy. That is huge. That's so huge. That's so huge. Because if you go around just talking, I mean, like, how... How awkward is that? I know it sees the awkward.org, but you know, like how that, that's, like that's like the amount of betrayal. betrayal. Like if I felt so uncomfortable, then you're the only person that I can that I can open up to about this and then I ha- found out that you told everyone else, I would be so mortified. I would be too. And that like that's at the you're, end of the day that's not even being a good friend telling other people about personal no, it's business. Like, you're it's like almost like you're using it as ammunition at that point. Yeah. Like you're probably not the best friend yeah. in the world. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get frustrated if your friend doesn't have the same perspective as you on the situation, which is another really big one, I think. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, perception can be a really big uh, triggering point for some people, you know? Like, that's how you perceive, that's how I'm being perceived, and that's how you're perceiving someone else. Yeah. You know, when it's really not maybe what's really going on in their head. Or even a situation, like, the person that is asking for help might perceive the initial conversation as something like really really scary mm-hmm. but the other person on the receiving it might be like oh it was just a regular conversation it doesn't matter if i tell people right. or whatever you know yeah. so like perceiving the initial conversation about it as well right is a big thing i think yeah going into that point it's almost like over analyzing the situation might be harmful too because mm-hmm. if someone's coming to you and they just say you know i've just been feeling a little depressed lately and you take that as something more you have depression or whatever yeah Yeah, then it could be oh my gosh well then i'll just shut down then because i'm just i just wanted to vent like you said Mm -hmm. or get this off my chest but now i'm being perceived as someone who's a a danger to Mm -hmm. themselves or others you know for sure but on the flip it's like you know you want to be overly cautious because you care about your friend but that's where the conversation needs to happen that's yeah it's definitely the communication that's yeah that's key here it needs to grow a little bit more right Don't shame, blame, or guilt your friend for their feelings or actions. Avoid accusing statements with things like you instead of, uh, instead use I instead of you. Uh For example, don't say you are being irresponsible and reckless. Rather say, I'm concerned with what might, that you might hurt yourself and what makes me worry since I care about you. Uh Or that makes me worry since I care about you. 
Don't engage in activities that will likely make things worse, such as using alcohol or other drugs to distract from negative feelings. Yeah. You want to talk about your mental health? Let's go to the bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can talk about it. Like, yeah. No. Let's talk about it over some brewskis. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. not a good idea. Let's get high so we can mash all these feelings down. <laughs> but most of all, don't give up. Keeping a positive attitude will help your friends stay strong and provide them the strength to be healthier and get better. Oh, that's sweet. I like that. Yeah. So that's it. Again, that's from SeizeTheAwkward.org. Awesome research. We have now since added it to our DiagnosingAKiller.com website under our resources tab. So there you can, of course, find other links to other resources as well. For sure. Yeah. Just get the conversation started, y'all. And we just love you guys so much. And, of course, we want to always have these conversations with y'all as well. And, again, being at the festival, we were had the benefit of having some personal conversations with people about their struggles with depression or um, you know, maybe even self-harm or some of the experiences that they've had and, you know, the toll that it takes on them mentally. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that's kind of what bonds us as a community, the Diagnosing a Killer community and other podcast communities, because we all have a background in something that has affected us mentally. And yeah, I just, uh, just want to make sure that you guys are still having those conversations on the ground floor. Yeah, for sure. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I know that you chose the topic this week and I (laughs) didn't have a hand in that, but if I'm not mistaken, I would probably have chosen the same topic or something similar because Mm -hmm. we have had those conversations lately, especially from the festival. People were like, oh my God, this is so important. Like this take on mental, on true crime is so important. Like Mm -hmm. no one else is talking about this. This needs to be talked about more. So that's a a really good uh, kind of perfect timing, I guess, if you will, to bring that in. A little refresher on how we can all be better communicators. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys for joining yeah, us. Guys. We will see you guys on Thursday with another case yes. and then send us your requests so we can continue to do those. Yeah. All right. Okay. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye. It's no secret that we value your mental health. So we are thrilled to announce that we are sponsored by BetterHelp to support you. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can access a network of over 30,000 licensed therapists with a wide range of specialties and be linked with the perfect match. Whether it's via text, chat, or video call, you can talk to your therapist when it works for you. When it comes to your mental health, BetterHelp is a convenient and affordable option for therapy. Get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash dakpod. That's betterhelp slash dakpod for 10% off your first month.